The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to another show of Strike Point. I'm David Naylor, uh, and my host and co-host, as always, is Mikkel Denib. Um, and today is a dark day for the internet, isn't it, Mikkel? We were just talking off air about the fact that in the UK, um, the digital, well, the DEB, the Digital Economic Bill, uh, has just been pushed through the Lords, which means that Basically, we may see the end of Google and YouTube and anything that's got user-generated content in the UK before long. Sad day, I guess, for the internet. Yeah, it sounds really sad. Um, I wasn't aware of this law uh, coming into action, and uh, and I'm quite shocked to to do some reading on on, on what it actually is. Uh, it sounds like you're going to have a really, really boring internet in the UK very soon. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> It's it's uh, I just you know it, it's really difficult to believe that they're gonna uh, they're gonna uh, approve this law, but um, as far as you say, it's um, where is it in, in the in the process of 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 getting approved? It's pretty close now. Um, basically, what happens is in the UK, we, a, a bill gets drawn up, then it gets passed through the House, and it goes to the the Lords, which is kind of like it's a tier above the, the government and then the Lords say, yep, that looks okay, big stamps of approval, ask if anybody's against it. If no one's against it in the Lords, it gets passed back down um, and then it gets made into law. So it's got through like the first two stages. Um, the problem with this one is that I, I see it is that like, the, BI, the BPI, who's pretty much behind all of this, is also that like, so integrated into the musical industry, the it's this is like a law that was pushed through very not so long ago about peer to peer networks that you could get your ISP could ban you for life um, if they caught you torrenting and things like this, which has been almost impossible for them to police. So this is like the next level up there the what they're looking for now and they believe that, that like the, that the MFI is behind all it yeah, MI5 is behind all of this sorry the it's kind of like it's the, the they're like behind the, the opposing this bill and and it's not you know what i mean it's the fact that this is a bill that's getting pushed through the it, it, i think the government is just you know what I mean, misinformed on this, to be honest with you. Um, there's big players basically lobbying against the bill, players like Google, Bing, um, people like this, but the music industry has got a big pull 
in the UK and it looks like it's pulling us very much into the dark ages. Uh, there's been a few leaked documents. Um, I'm sure they'll get pulled before long. Uh, there's one on Boing Boing, leaked UK record industry, which kind of shows you the way that the, they're looking at it, um, which is all from the BPI, which is like, they're, they're really pushing hard on this. You know what I mean? The prospects of the Digital Economy Bill, which delivers meaningful action to rights right holders sit between good and the middle of this week. And it goes on and on. It's very much the clause to non-PP infringement is empowered to security forces concern. So what's happened is there's kind of a clause in there, clause 18, which was to actually get in their search engines. But it's been kind of like over ruled on legal grounds the fact that a torrent site could appeal to say that it is a search engine um, and therefore wouldn't get blocked so it's been basically whitewashed so now it's going to go down to back to the government where they can amend um, changes right at the death of it which is like the wash up but I just can't I just can't see them doing anything you know what I mean um, it's it's a sad day. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to enforce it. Um, so where are they, I mean, uh, just to get a, get a case for everybody who haven't read anything about the law yet, uh, the, the, the clause uh, that is a problem, clause 18, this, that stipulates that you can uh, you can uh, send a notice to the to the court if um, if there's anything that, that, if there's a site that carries uh, uh, anything that you think is, is, is copyright protected, if they, if they copy your stuff, and show it on the website. You can send this notice to the court, and then they, the ISPs are um, applied to um, to block it. Right? That's yeah. how I understand it. Yeah. And so, um, the, the, I have two questions for the, to, to that, and maybe you can answer some of it. First of all, of course, uh, do you do you know anything about what the requirements are for for such a notice? How much does it have to be? I mean, because as we were just talking about before the show, I mean, just about any website especially user-generated websites, but also regular websites like, like my blog or your blog, you could probably find a little piece, some object here and there that is that, that we copied somewhere from the web and, and we don't have the right to. So how little does it take? And, and the other question I have is, is um, how, they, how do they intend to block it? In Denmark, we had similar cases where certain, but that's been very specific sites like uh, um, the Torrent Bay, for instance, have been blocked. Uh, have been forced blocked uh, by all the ISPs, but they they blocked it on DNS level, which is totally stupid because a lot of us are using Open DNS uh, services anyway, so we're not get, we're not getting such uh, websites blocked. But do you yes. know anything about those two things? Yes. Yeah, so so basically. Um Page 22, line 16. <laughs> um, basically, 1A, the copyright owner applying for an injunction under subsection 1 shall first have given notice to the service provider in accordance with subsections 1B and 1F. Now, 1B is the notice must be in writing, deliverable by, by, electronic, by electronically, contain the name, registered address, and contact details of the copyright owner claiming infringement. That's easy enough to do, isn't it? So that's basically, if you have the, the, the copyright to a product and you need to be able to prove by a digital signature, otherwise that it comes from said copyright owner. So I can't basically go on a mad rampage and try and get everyone blocked by finding copyright information. Uh, 1F is the copyright owner must also take reasonable steps to deliver a copy of the notice to the operator 
of the online location. So if I find YouTube is um, got video infringement of some of the stuff that I've got copyrighted out there, then I've got to make sure that noticeable that I've pushed stuff through. Um, the notice must be given in writing, deliverable, and all the rest of it. The notice must be addressed to the address of the agent designated by the service provider for receipt of such request. The copyright work, copyrighted work for the owner claimed to be infringed must state, or if multiple copyright, single location, are covered by a single notification, represent listed, given in such works at that site. So basically... If I find any copyright information, all I've got to do is make sure that I go through all the, the, the legal actions to get it removed from the, the provider that's providing it. In this case, let's say YouTube. Um, we know that YouTube are very, very slow at do, doing this. So Clause 18 comes into play, which basically says that... Um, any person aggrieved may apply by court on notice of copyright owner and service provider to require the service provider to remove the varied nature of the block. So basically, once I've sent my email off to Lord Clements or Lord Razzle, which I think is so funny, um, it will have to be blocked by the ISPs. So the, a court notice will go out to the main ISPs in the UK, which are the DNS holders in the UK as well, and that will be blocked at source to say that if I go to Google, it'll just basically say, no, it's not there. Google have the right to apply um, to, apply to get it removed, but they have to go to court to do that. It's um, So it's, you know what I mean, and the court may order uh, for... The people who like the copyright owner to invest any loss or damages, including costs, legal fees incurred by you know, I mean, the court case. So, even if I go, even if I get the fact that my copyright information is on Google and I get blocked for them to get unblocked, they've got to basically go to court, get it all removed, and pay me the damages. So, it's it's kind of a bit heavy, really. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot harder than a DFCA, that's for sure. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's going to be a tough one. It, it looks like you could, all you're going to have to do is go to court, get your injunction, um, and then pass it over to the, the, to the, well, the ISPs will get notified automatically. Um, and that will basically get them blocked on the ISP level. You know what I mean? So do you know um, if, if, if the blocking is done on, um, is in, intended to be done on, on a DNS level? That's what I've been told, yeah. Oh. But that that's, I mean, then, then, then it's, it's just as stupid and, and, and non-functional as uh, DNS blocking that, that we have in place in Denmark for certain sites. I mean, because DNS blocking is probably the easiest type of blocking to get around. It's not really like that the Chinese uh, firewall, uh, as I understand it, they, they, they block it on on uh, on, uh, on on IP level and, and and other levels and just DNS. Uh, I mean, the, blocking on DNS level, all it takes is to change your DNS settings to an open DNS. Uh, a lot of people are using open. I'm I've been using OpenDNS.com for years for 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 other reasons uh, because the DNS that my ISP supplied was unreliable for you know and and so I just gave up on it at some point and then I, I changed to OpenDNS and it's worked fine for me. Uh, so I I'm not even personally affected. If I wanted to go to 
any of the sites. I'm not saying that I that I do, <laughs> but if I wanted to go to any of the sites that I actually blocked uh, on DNS level in Denmark, I, I could just go there. Um, and and it's so easy to change the DNS settings that I would say that even even my old father and mother would be able to do it with just two lines of of guidance. Um, the biggest problem you have with that is that at the moment the meeting with ISPs like Sky, Virgin, um, BPI, the MPA, the Alliance Against IP Theft, they will work a way of blocking this. Um, you know, I mean, if you take someone like Sky, they they send you out pre-blocked routers, so you can't get into the router. You'd have to do it. The router would then, you know, I mean, be blocking it, I guess. Um, but they're talking. The other side of it is they've been talking at from the ISP side of it is blocking at IP router level. Um, okay. So that's a different ball game altogether. Absolutely. Um, and of course, it's like if the DNSs are, are letting these sites resolve in the UK, then <coughs> those services could come under scrutiny as well. You know what I mean? It's like that, that's the problem. You know what I mean? It's like it's pretty much a blanket law that says that this site will be blocked in the UK by pretty much any means. Um, I'm just having a quick read of one, what some of the backbenchers have been saying. Termed as a washup said that when gain versus the timing, skeptical. Uh, MPs protest having the opportunity to scrutinise it whilst in the constitutional theory terms. It's hard to hard politics in the situation makes it seem unlikely to intervene. Yeah, basically, it's getting it's, it's getting pushed through. It's the fact that it's coming up really close to like general elections, the budget being announced. So it's kind of like everything's getting you know what I mean everything the this should be this should be like prime news it's not because of all the other things that's happening in the UK at the moment um you know what I mean this happens like Terry Pot the importance of saving jobs in EU creative industries um Ofcom and um, discuss initial obligations code 18th of March so it's like it's very much on everything is like the finance bill for the budget haven't been announced I mean, all this stuff is kind of like a big smoke screen, or this is what the BPI is saying anyway. There's a big smoke screen to cover up this law getting snuck under the under the radar, which it has. You know, what I mean, I've seen apart from tonight at eight thirty on BBC um, in about ten minutes' time, Panorama has got a program called "Are the Net Police Coming for You?" Um, and basically, that is going to be very much on the lines of like this law and what the long-term effect on the UK it'll have. Um, so What's going to be interesting to see is, is of course, if, if it actually goes through this law, but as, as you say, it, it, it may actually do so. But also next, to see what kind of websites will get uh, blocked, because, you know, it, it, it's obvious that, that uh, Flickr and YouTube and Google and Bing and Yahoo and all those sites could get blocked. But uh, I would also imagine that... Uh, you would be able to send notifications on a lot of more or less official sites. Maybe you could find copyrighted content on BBC's website. Maybe you could find copyrighted content on some of the governmental websites. And, and definitely you would be able to find it on university websites. So are they going to block BBC? Are they going to block university websites, governmental websites? Um, that's going to be interesting to see. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gone through the third city now. Um, the next event is the third read. No, that's already. Oh no, third reading is in in the fifteenth. But it's like it, it's it's pretty far through. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, Has there been any comments uh, from from your politicians in uh, in the UK on 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 the the critique of of the fact that it will hurt the, the search engines and or my may hurt search engines or websites like YouTube and and other very very popular websites. Uh, what are the politicians in the UK saying saying about that? Well, the, the the big one for it was the Liberal Democrats. Um, those were the guys that a lot of people were hoping that would kind of put a spanner in the works and block it. And they're the ones that came out and supported today. So Labour and Conservative are already supporting it. Um, so it's kind of like, it. it's no. <laughs> I've, I've actually seen nothing on it at the moment. Um, you know what I mean? I've seen no one actually come out and say, you know what I mean, this is a bad thing. Um, no one of high stature anyway. The Lords are basically pushing this through. Um, yeah, it was uh, Lords Clement Jones and Razzle proposed that those were the guys the, from the Liberal Democrat peers that could have uh, um, amended it. Um, but basically, this has set out the mechanism to allow copyright holders to gain injunctions against ISPs. So you look at it and it's like, it's very much, that was the last hope. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's going to go through. Um Anyway, I think we uh, need to take a quick break. We've been talking so much. And um, so we need to present our sponsors, keeping this yep. show alive and free. Uh, so if you stay with us for a couple of minutes, uh, please welcome our sponsors. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Ahoy there! Navigate the rough and treacherous waters of the web with a virtual vessel designed to swashbuckle spam and dock at your exact destination. Best of the web, BOTW.org, is the Internet's oldest directory since 1994. A rewarding resource to those looking to promote their site. And now, Best of the Web boasts an incomparable local search engine featuring more than 16 million businesses from sea to shining sea. Commitment to quality and unmatched dedication to our users. Best of the Web. Find us now at BOTW.org. Wrong Milare. That's BOTW.org. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. Markethealth.com, where health and wealth connect. 
Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Ecom experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to Strike Point. So before the break, we were talking about um, the digital economy bill in the UK and how it's getting pushed through. Uh, people are, are trying to sort of like get amendments to the policy, as I was saying before the break. Uh, are people like BT, Orange, Verdon Media, Talk Talk, Google, Facebook, eBay, Yahoo, along with other consumer groups, academics, technophobia television host Stephen Fry's even had his uh, little say in it. But basically, any website owner or any person aggrieved will be able to appeal against the block under the latest amendments. So basically, at least that's gone in. At one time, you couldn't appeal for it. So I always thought that that was going to get pushed through anyway. But um, the other big announcement today is Twitter, I guess. They've uh, announced Twitter Anywhere. Um, which is designed, basically what it is, is um, a relationship model, I guess. Um, And people that they're partnering with is Amazon, Huffington Post, Yahoo, YouTube, Salesforce, Bing, Mebo, uh, New York Times, eBay, Dig, to say a few. Um, And I'm not quite too sure it's all going to work yet. It's only just been announced. So it's uh, the idea behind Let's have a quick read of what they said. We developed a set of frameworks for adding this Twitter experience anywhere on the web. Soon sites of us, soon, oh, soon, sites many of us visit every day will be able to recreate these open, engaging interactions, provide a new layer of value for visitors without sending them to Twitter. Our open technology platform is well known to, as Twitter APIs is already implemented with a different approach because we've created something incredibly simple. Rather than implement API site owners, need to only drop a few lines of JavaScript and the new framework is called Anywhere or at Anywhere. Um, so basically, you drop a bit of JavaScript on your website and you've got Twitter interaction with your website um, users. You don't have to go to Twitter. It'll all happen on your website. I guess it'll post it on Twitter as well. Um, it seems quite nice. I thought they were actually going to announce how they're going to monetize it. Um, they didn't, so we'll have to see. <laughs> they're still looking for a way to make money. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it's kind of an interesting story. You know what I mean? It's like the... It's what they... I suppose what they've done is they've taken the appy... And just created a nice little JavaScript wrapper that you stick on your page, authenticate it, and away you go. Hopefully, it'll be secure, um, and hopefully, it, it'll be like bug-free. I, I noticed that Twitter's been having a lot of issues just recently. Um, the retweet stuff that they brought out has been absolutely 
really atrocious. Missing retweeters, retweeting up, um, coming up in your um, your timelines and stuff like this. So hopefully this is just about the teething problems and uh, they'll get those fixed. I can't imagine the world without Twitter anymore. No, it's it's it had a greater impact than than uh, than most new things I would say and. Uh, yeah, it, it seems to, to um, have settled, I would say, that uh, I think a lot of people would, would find it difficult not to have um, have Twitter now. And um, yeah, we can only I can only recommend anybody that haven't started Twittering yet to get into it and start uh, building your base. Um, it, like all social media, it's, it can take a little bit of time, a little bit of tweaking, but it's definitely worth it. And uh, it's great fun. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like, and and big businesses are getting into it. You know what I mean? It's like, you can certainly leverage a hell of a lot of traffic if you know what you're doing. Um, and, um, it'd be interesting. Next, uh, there's a, there's a, a, the next SMX conference and SMX Advanced coming up in, in London. There's actually a session I just noticed um, talking about um, Twitter as a search uh, tool. And um, interesting enough, they, they, you know, the claim in the, in the description for the session is, of course, that that maybe we don't actually consider Twitter to be a search engine. But the fact is that people go on on Twitter and search for answers, and they get answers. So they, you know, they're basically getting the same need solved. And I, you know, I use it personally a lot, especially for instance when I when I was writing my book. That's one thing I used uh, Twitter for a lot. When I was writing my, my last book, now and again, you know, I need an example for this or an example for that. And you know how it is. It's, it can take forever to find good example for something that you, you want to you wanna describe. And I used Twitter a lot for that, just pushing out that question. Anybody have a good example for this kind of thing or this kind of thing? And within seconds, you have an answer. And, and, and those kind of things are really difficult to do a search for in Google. You, you really need the people behind a service like Twitter to, to, to do it. So the fact is that it is actually working as an answer machine, I would call it more than a search engine, but, you know, it, it's, it's fulfilling that need. Um, so, um, yeah, I think I, I think we're going to be talking about Twitter, Twittering for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only see it getting better and better and better um, and them adding, like, more useful features. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, that, if you want to know... I just hope that they don't uh, develop the service in a direction where it becomes less transparent, less easy to use, and and becomes more and more of a geeky or advanced or difficult tool. Um, in in the attempt of of adding more f cool features, a lot of technologies like this, unfortunately, go down that route route of being being becoming too too complicated uh, or, or, or too difficult to start on, and then kind of fades out. Shall I tell you a, fe a feature I'd like to see? Um, yeah. At the moment, I push my tweets out to my followers um, and people can follow me and people can retweet me to get my information. What I'd really, really, really like is a way that they can set up tags. So I could basically tweet out to anybody who's tagged themselves as like a photography expert. So I can tweet out, looking at wanting to buy a new camera, what's the best camera out there? Tweet yeah. to photography experts. And because my following is SEO, 
drugs. And I'm not being funny, but apart from everybody's 10 of them, I wouldn't trust them to give me advice on cameras. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I just wouldn't. You know what I mean? So that would be a great fit. You know I mean that would be an awesome function? You know what I mean? I could mark myself up as being an expert search marketer, and if anyone basically asks a question about SEO, I could decide whether to answer it or not. Um, you know what I mean? But it would appear in my feed or in one of my group feeds, and that way I'm, I can help the community. The community can help me. Um, that would be a so, good feature. Yeah, I like, you know, it's like I'm full of bright ideas like that. So hopefully <laughs> someone from Twitter's listening. Evie, if you're listening, you know what I mean? Like, get your act into gear. You didn't speak to me last time. Um, but maybe this time they will listen and make the changes that we want. Um, so yeah. hopefully, I, I would like that. You know what I mean? It's like I would like, I'd like to be, uh, see Twitter analytics as well. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I log into my account and I can see how what read, who read my tweets and um, who responded to them, time scales, what time of the day is best for me to tweet to interact with my followers. You know what I mean? If I've got a lot of followers in Australia, then me tweeting out at 12 o'clock at lunchtime is a bad time because it's midnight there. Um, and then by the time that they wake up in the morning, they're it may have gone off their homepage and away it's gone sort of thing. So th that would help me. Um, you know what I mean? There's loads of things that you could do. I'd pay for that kind of service. I'd pay to be on the um, Twitter expert tagging thing as well. You know what I mean? It's like, well, actually, I, I wouldn't. I'm lying there. Um, <laughs> but I definitely think that, that, that one, one of the things that a lot of people are missing out, especially pro users, of course, uh, with Twitter, but that doesn't just go for Twitter. It's the same thing with with Facebook, uh, YouTube, other other uh, uh, social medias. Is the 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 interaction with your with your uh, with your web anal uh, web analytics packages and you know other other uh, analysis of of what you're doing? It's 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 kind of tricky to to um, to integrate it. Uh, a lot of people are using Google Analytics. Uh, the Yahoo Analytics package, or even bigger packages, it seems that most people are having some 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 problems um, getting getting analytics integrated. I think that that's definitely one area that would would be nice to get improved. Yeah. And even if it was part of like a pro service, which is, I always find it kind of kind of frustrating that when you take, I I, I remember the first time I, I I came around the idea was when with uh, with Skype, because I mean Skype is a great service. It's it's still free, which is great, but it's also not very reliable. So I mean, I found that for business meetings and stuff, it's great to use it as an option. But a lot of times, you end up connecting, reconnecting, trying to reconnect again, and then it drops some of the users in the in the in 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 the in the meeting, and and it can sometimes be a nightmare. And I always argued that why don't uh, Skype make a a business version of Skype? I would be happy to pay fifty bucks a month. To have some kind of a priority line, or you know, some some kind of mechanism or whatever, you know, that would that would actually make it more reliable for me to use as a business service. And I think, to some degree, you could say the same thing about uh, other social medias. Um, I don't understand why YouTube are not doing the same thing that that Vimeo is doing so great, having a relatively cheap business service where you just add those little, you know, extra functions that certain groups of pro users, business users want to have that the average user of, this, of the service may have no interest in, but we're willing to pay for it, um, especially if the price is fair. 
Um, but it, it, it seems that most of these social medias are not are not doing it. Then they don't make this business version of their of the service. I'm not sure why they they don't want to do that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's like um, YouTube having the ability to create your own YouTube channel if you've got over a million impressions. Well, I mean, it's like if you're starting out. You're not going to have a million impressions. I'd rather just pay for the service to be able to skin that YouTube, the what you know what I mean, that YouTube channel, the way that I want to skin it. You know what I mean? It just kind of makes sense to me that if I can pay for that service, fantastic. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like, just. I mean, uh, I mean, I've been doing a lot of video lately, and I think one of some of the things that 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 Vimeo have that I as a pro user approve a lot, uh, and and with Vimeo by the way, it's only fifty nine dollars a year. Uh, what it gives me is better conversions. So the video looks better. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact is that YouTube videos don't look that good. The conversion on YouTube is not that good. And especially the sound is really, really bad. Uh, the, 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 the bit rate they're using for the sound on, on, on YouTube is terrible. Um, why not let me pay a little bit as a pro user to upload or get my videos converted in a better uh, in a better format. I know it costs resources to do that, so I'm willing to pay for it. And and also, uh, it would be nice to be able to not just decide whether you want uh, 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 to to let embedding take place with your video or not, but have the ability to control it a little bit with with Vimeo's pro service. You can limit the, the the distribution to only specific websites. So let's say that you upload some videos that you only want to be embedded on your domain and nothing else. Then you can limit it to that. Um, those kind of services, uh, you know, I would love to pay for that. You know, I happily pay for it on Vimeo. Um, and 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 I would, you know, I think uh, you two should should um, check into that business. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, they probably know about it, but uh, there must be some reason they don't want to do it. Yeah, it's. Um, it, I don't know why. I think that one of the guys in the chat room um, summed it up. I think it goes against Google's model to make things free. Um, you know what I mean? And you look at it and it's like, yeah, they, they make it free and then stick ads all over it. Why would they want business people stripping those ads off and stuff like that? Um so well, it it's not. It, I mean, it's not entirely true because they 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 haven't raised the 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 freemium model uh, on on certain things like like enterprise search, because true, yes. can, I mean you can have free enterprise search that is not very good, that are not very reliable, and that are filled with advertising and shit like that. But you can also pay to get a premium enterprise search with Google, and then you get exactly what I'm talking about here. You get a pro service, a business service. It may only be a very small percentage of the users, or or even less. Uh, but for those users, we're uh, ready to pay for it. Yeah, no, but it would make sense. It's then they'd have to support it, and it's basically also the same thing that we talked about before with with um, with getting a a functional and 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 pro web API. So we didn't, so we don't have to scrape Google all the time for the information that we need to gather. Um, it's the same issue, really. We are happy to pay for it. Uh, if it was just available. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like if Google bought out a, a set of SEO tools I, I, tools, I can imagine a whole world of people crying. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but it would make a lot of people happy. 
Um, yeah. It certainly make a lot of webmasters very, very, very happy. Um, so it's like, yeah, they should just get along and do it. But also, I, also, I mean, uh, it, it, I think it's totally within the spirit of Google. Now, if I take my more positive head on and look at all the positive spirits in Google, I think it is within their spirit to share things, to have open standards, to, uh, uh, I mean, they, they make a living on sharing things. They share our, our stuff <laughs> and take our stuff and share it on the website and bring information to the, the world. Uh, I, don't, I don't think uh, putting out more professional tools or APIs even better our ability to interact with, with, with what they are doing uh, is, is, is against any, um, any of the principles or, or logics behind, behind Google. Uh, I think it, it may be more about an internal struggle in, in between the different interests within Google or inside Google, which is probably the same case in some of the other social services. Uh, I'm not sure how much at this point, it's actually Google deciding those things for, 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 for YouTube or if it's within the YouTube management that, um, that um, there's a lack of will to, to, um, to provide these kind of services. Um, but apparently, we, we, we're not getting it so far. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think um, we need to take a, a quick break before we uh, finish off the show with the last part. So um, if you stay with us for just a couple of minutes, we will be back. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local pages affiliate network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. Four. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. AFCON 2010. 
The Trade Show that you know, where affiliates always attend for free, is making its way to Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Register now at AFFCOM2010.com. Now, back to Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to the final piece of Strike Point. Um, I think that out of the three things that we're going to cover today, this is most probably the biggest one, okay? Yeah, the government's going to block Google, ha-ha. Um, that's quite big. Um, Twitter's anywhere. That's kind of big as well, and why YouTube should give us business accounts as well as all the rest of them. But I think the biggest one is today, in my opinion, is um, Eric Enger's interview with Matt Cutts um, and some of the things that came from this. You most probably haven't read this yet, have you, Mikkel? I You dropped out a little bit there, so I actually didn't. <laughs> <get it. laughs> um, Eric's interview with Matt Cutts. Oh, I know. I, I didn't get, I didn't get around oh, to it. I, okay. I, I just got home from uh, Iceland, which we could talk about in legal in a second. <laughs> but yeah, okay, you so, can inform so me. Here we go. Some of the things that Matt Cutts have said. The number of pages that we crawl is roughly proportional to your page rank. Okay, so I think we all knew that. Yeah. The more pe- yeah. the bigger the page rank, the more sites you get indexed. It doesn't give you, like, the right to rank better for a certain keyword. If you're a PR6, you shouldn't rank any higher for the keyword influence people than a PR3 website. What it will do is that that PR6 will have a larger depth of crawl. I think most yeah. experienced yeah. SEOs would agree with that. Matt mm-hmm. Cutter's confirmed it. Um, some of the other things that he's uh, come up with is imagine we crawl three pages from your, your site and we discover that two other pages were duplicates of the third page. We drop two out of the three pages and keep only one. That's why it looks like you have less good content. So now I've come across this. Um, now this doesn't mean that it's exact copies. It means when it looks like it's duplicated. So you may have a situation where you've got a, a, a templated website that the only thing that changes is say price. So if you've got three pages and you're selling um I've got a book on my desk, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, I don't know why I've got that on my desk, but I have. Um, It's £8.99 from randomhouse.co.uk. That's what it says on the back of the book. But if they have exactly the same copy and then says on another page, but it says to buy in bulk, you can get it at £5.99 if you buy 100 copies. They will only pick one of these. I think the uh, most SEOs have been well aware of this as well. Yeah. so duplicate content doesn't always mean that it's straight bang bang. Okay, the big one, um, 301 redirects. So basically, I think a lot of SEOs have kind of like agreed over term that 301 has lost a lot of its juice it used to have. Um, and what Matt has basically said, let me find it so I'm not putting words into his mouth. That's different. That's not the right one. That's not the right one. That's not the right one. He's just been... That, that's, million questions um, oh uh, basically what it was I'm going to have to put words into Matt's mouth because I can't find it quick enough was basically that 301 redirects 
don't pass all the page rank and they don't pass all the ANC text links. Okay, now it hasn't specified whether this is just internal or external 301s. If I can find it where it is, oh, I wish I could read it out exactly. Um, okay, so. No, that wasn't it either. God, I'm so well prepared, aren't I? Um, <laughs> uh, 301s, 302s. Okay, so, Eric asks, let's say you move one domain to another domain and you write yourself a nice little statement that basically instructs search engines and any user agent how to remap from one domain to another. All good SEOs do this. In a scenario like, would that, is there a lot of page rank? Um, that can take simply because of who originally implemented the link to a site A to B, would you lose page rank f across the domain? Matt came back, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure about the answer. I can certainly see how there could be some loss of page rank. I'm not 100% sure whether the crawling and indexing team has implemented that sort of natural page rank decay. So I'll have to go and check that on a specific case. Then Matt followed up in an email. Matt confirmed that the fact that the, the, this is in fact the case, that there is some loss of page rank through a 301. So we just have to be a little bit careful about how we cluster stuff together. Um, and but I don't think it's, it's, that's just really, isn't that just really confirming what, what most of us already uh, knew for years, that, that the 301 is not passing uh, all page rank. It's just been, been a question of how much, um, but but it it has never passed all the page rank. Um. No, it's. I mean, but I think the the there was. I'm trying to find the bit where it was on about ank text and other equities as well. I can't find it now. It's bloody typical, isn't it? So basically, yeah. But a lot of people still believe that a 301 will pass everything if you rank number one for um, how to win friends. And you 301 that to your new website with the same content, the same page rank, you think that you'd automatically get it. It doesn't. Um, no. Okay, so uh, the other thing was blocking the URL in your robots.txt um, will not save your crawl budget because they keep the, the because they still keep the URLs in the index. This rolls back to um, <sighs> My mantra is don't put pages on the internet if you don't want them crawled. That's the simple fact. If you've got a PR3 and the PR3, this, these are made up numbers, people, okay? I'm just rounding things up. If a PR3 said it'll index 1,000 pages and a PR4 says it will index 10,000 pages, you don't produce a PR3 website with 5,000 web pages where 4,000 of them are useless pages to you. You no, but that's exactly, I mean, <clears throat> I think most of most of us, I mean, again, we don't know the exact numbers, and that's why it's good that you highlighted that it's just made up numbers now. Um, but I think for for, for for most SEOs that have been around for some years at least, know that this has been the true for, for a lot of time. I remember um, it was maybe two or three years ago, I was, I was helping out on a, on a, on a US launch on a, on a new website, a, a car uh, review kind of website. And they, 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 were, they were in fact going to, to launch a website on a brand new domain with more than a billion web pages. And, um, and you know, as I explained to them, you're not gonna get a billion web pages indexed on a brand new domain. 
so, so what we did, uh, and it was actually successful as long as I followed it now some years ago, so I don't know how, how actually it turned out in the end. But um, I was mostly in the beginning to some technical issues. Um, but the idea we, we, we launched it with back then was to launch it in steps. So, so first, uh, when we launched the website, we, we, we blocked crawling of, of everything below a certain level. So it was only a few hundred pages, a high-level page, the front page, and category pages. And then once that got indexed and we got some more links, we opened up for the next level of pages, maybe, you know, tens of thousands of pages, and then moved on like that. So, you know, we controlled the indexing uh, of yeah. pages in, in a speed that was somehow relative to the to the uh, popularity of, of your site. And also to make sure that you get the most important pages indexed first. You want your front page and the category front pages indexed first, because those are also the ones that are not most likely to get all the links. And then from there on, you you start releasing the, the, the or opening up in your robot.txt for, for, for sub-pages to that uh, because they can then inherit from the link value of the high-level pages. So I think that, that's, that's been a good strategy to follow uh, for years. But, but it, I mean, it's okay that, that Matt confirms it now. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. more people will listen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the key thing to take away is that things that... Um, What's the best way of describing it? Um, if you imagine that your page rank is like your search, your, your crawl quota. So if you've got a page rank three, Google will crawl 1,000 pages. If that you've got 1,000, if you've got 1,000 pages, pure content, but you've got a link to the print version of that document, that gives you 2,000 pages. If Google crawls the first 500 and then the 500 of those print pages, that's swallowed up your quota. It won't index the other 500. So duplicate content is not a major problem, but it can become a major problem on very large sites with low, low page rank. So make sure your site architecture is absolutely bang on. Don't wait. Don't, don't Duplicate content is an issue. Well, canonical will solve that to a, a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, uh, and there's a big kind of like certain degree. Um, you know what I mean? I Pretty think actually, you, we had a, we had a, um, it was in, um, where was it? Where was it? Was it in, I think it was in, in London. We had a, a, I had a duplicate session with the Phantom Master and a couple of other guys. And, and, you know, Phantom has really said, said the most intelligent thing. And said, if you don't want duplicate content, don't create it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly like, it. Exactly, because, I, I, you know, there's, I, don't, I think there's always problems with duplicate content or, or close to duplicate content. It's just a question of how bad the problem becomes. Sometimes the problem is not actually that big, but it's always a problem. And I think, you know, there's a lot, lot of times... Uh, where you could actually do exactly like Phantom Master says, don't create the duplicate content. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the situations that we see again and again, and I, I just had it up the other day, so that's why I have it in my head, uh, is is on on um, on a website on on what you, web shops. A very common problem there is that you have uh, product variations. Like you're selling T-shirts, and you have a certain kind of T-shirt, and you have it in red and white and blue and yellow. And you create unique pages for all these variations, but basically the description, the price, and everything is the same. So you end up with with almost 100% identical pages, 
And the problem is that if you, if you set it up so that there is actually a unique page for all those variations, uh, even if you use uh, the real canonical uh, uh, tag to exclude uh, or, 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 or point to the canonical URL, some people are going to link to the blue shirts, and some people are going to link to the to the white shirt, and and you're not you're not getting the full value of all those links to one specific page, and 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 the solution for these kind of things that that uh, that uh, I think is most intelligent is that it's really from a from a user interface point of view kind of stupid to have unique pages for product variants. Uh, I think it's actually much more useful if you if you make these variations in the client layer. And there's some really good libraries out there, JavaScript libraries out there, and Ajax libraries that you can use to uh, to shift between those product variations in the client layer. So essentially, you end up with just one URL, um, and and every every effort is put into that, and you only get that one URL indexed. Everybody's going to link to the same URL. Now, if you want uh, your users to be able to um, to actually link to specific variations of your product, you can still do that if you use the hashtag and script that in your JavaScript or your Ajax program. So, so you get all the benefits of of um, of fast user interface and just one URL, and you know. So, so that's that's for every single duplicate problem out there. There are similar solutions that I think always end up being also more user friendly, creating better better user interfaces. So, you know, I usually don't see any reason why to create the duplicate content in the first place. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. You know what I mean? It's like, just don't be silly about it. I'm just trying to find out. I'm just logging into my Webmaster Tools account to see if there's actually... We should used to have in there how many pages, uh, pages crawled a day. Yeah, the... Um and by the way, Dave, in the chat room, Firefly is asking about what about meta no index? No, I mean, the, the, the problem with that is that you're losing out uh, important um, link value because if you have like 10 product variations, let's say 10 colors of a T-shirt, and, and theoretically, uh, people would link to all of them randomly. So you would only get one-tenth of the link value to each version. Now, if you exclude nine of the versions with the meta no index, then you're, you're dropping 90% of the link value, you know, which is totally stupid because, <laughs> I mean, you want to preserve any link value that you can. So that's why uh, it's it's a little bit better if you use the rail canonical tag because um, so the the... If it works perfectly, it should theoretically work like a 301 redirect so that the link value to the variations go all to the canonical URL. But as we just talked about before in this show, 301 and, and I suspect the real canonical also um, doesn't, um, doesn't uh, 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 transfer all the page rank. So I still I still prefer a client layer uh, um, solution where you don't create unique URLs. Also. From a user point of view, it's much faster. If if you uh, uh, create, it's the same thing. If you have tables on a page that can be sorted, if you click on the rows of the of the tables and you can sort those rows, if you do it uh, in in the client layer, it goes lightning fast. It's a really nice user experience. They don't have to. It don't doesn't have to round the the web server and wait for reply and all that. Uh, so I don't see any reason not to uh, not to make these uh, fixes. Oh, and, and Firefly follows up and says, says uh, the reason he asks is because some CMSs mean you have to publish pages, publish pages you don't want to. Write the CMS yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of stupid CMS systems out there, and there's a lot of stupid. I think, especially in 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 community um, software, is actually worse than, than most uh, simple uh, CMS. Um, some of the systems out there that uh, you use to create forums or even blogs, they're really, really bad. Um, even some of the very big and very commercial, in fact, the bigger, the more commercial, the worse they are, uh, systems, especially for forums. Uh, I've been dealing lately with some on, on the .NET platform that are creating 10 to 12 unique URLs to every single forum thread. And not only creates it, it actually links internally to them, to all the variations. And this is really, really killing these communities in search. Um, and, and there's no reason for it. I mean, there's no, I can't think of any logical reason, even if I put my programmer's head on or head on and, and think like a, try and think like a programmer, I still cannot get any, any good reason into my head for why you would create nine or 10 or 12 different URLs to the same form thread. I just don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, it's maybe maybe well, some of maybe some of the programmers that actually makes this kind of shit can come back to us by next week and tell us why they're doing it because I really don't get it. <laughs> I mean, the flip side of it as well is that what you could actually do is well canonical that stuff. Well canonical will stop the the crawl count yeah. um, eventually. So yeah, I mean. It, if, if 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 there's nothing else you can do, that, that that's better than doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is as well, when we're talking about page rank, we're not talking about toolbar page rank. We're talking about in Google's internal page rank as well. So there is a obviously a slight discrepancy in that. So you know what I mean. So don't take the fact that your toolbar is saying that you're a PR two, you might be a PR four. It's just not being updated in a while. Um, yeah. But you, you often see leaps of um, indexing. What's interesting? I'm just trying to find. I'm going to. I'm going to do a. Po I'm going to have a look through my Webmaster Tools account um, because I'm looking at crawls per day. My high is two thousand five hundred, which is a funny number. You know, my average is one thousand seven hundred and two crawls per day. My low is one thousand. Let me pick a different site that I know has got much more. Uh, that one. Um, that was not the one I meant. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Let's have a look at some stuff that I know has got a higher page rank than me. Um, bom, bom, bom. That fella. And I've got more crawls per day than they have. That's bizarre. Who else have we got? Uh, I'm just trying to find out what high page rank websites I've got access to and how many crawls per day. That's a higher one than me. Oh, they've got lower than as well. If you can, if people that are listening, if you log into your Google Webmaster Tools account um, and post up what page rank you are and what your high level of crawls per day is, I'd appreciate that if you just at me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to log into the .gov. Ooh. <laughs> so there's an interesting one. I've just logged into a .gov website one, and the high for that one is 50,000, and average but is I was, 10. You know, again, this is a good indication, but apparently this is kind of strange. I just logged into my webmaster uh, tools account, and a bunch of the websites that I used to have confirmed are now being unconfirmed, so I have to go and reconfirm them. So... 
actually I was just I, I wanted to look at one of the community sites that I'm part on, which actually don't have a, a very high toolbar page rank. I think it's a, it's got something like a page rank five or something. But um, our our index count is 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 somewhere I think somewhere between fifty and seventy five thousand per day in crawling. Um, it's a very big community site. There's about four or five thousand new uh, posts being made every day. So it's a very lively uh, website. So it also I, I mean it also seems like to me that not only the the raw popularity page rank whatever you want to call it on a website have some effect on on how many pages you get indexed, but also the freshness of it. Um, if you have very fresh websites with a lot of really good content coming on every day, that also seems to trigger more crawling. Hmm. It's got my attention as this now. Now we'll have to dig through this and try and... Uh, yeah, cause I'm going to dig some numbers out on the, on the sites. Yeah. Okie dokie. We need to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd, that'd be that. Like, Brass could be like, wow, that was really quick. I've only just had, hit the button. We've overrun ever so slightly. I do apologize. We do tend to rant, rant, rattle on every now and again. Um, yeah. But hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. Okay. So, anyway, next week. It was a good show. We, uh, pro- next week, we're probably not going to be live because I'm going to SMX in Munich and you guys are going to SES. Or SES in uh, New York, right? Yes. Uh, so we're all going to be on the road. So unfortunately, next uh, week, I don't think we're going to be able to do it live. Well, actually, but uh, you'll be on the you'll be on the All Star All Star panel in Munich, right, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to. So be you're going to be on the roof, but you won't be on Strike Point next week. Yeah, I will be on Webmasters on the roof, and that is a that's going to be. I think isn't it like two hours almost or something? I think in two hours we can probably get drunk. It's it's the only it's the only panel on any search conference I know of where the panelists are not only allowed to but uh, pushed to drink, and it's a two-hour session, so nobody knows what can happen. It's live in Munich next week. It's always interesting, uh, together of course with uh, Marcus Tendler and his crazy, crazy team of Germans. <laughs> Mikkel, you have to come to one of our AFCON shows. We do that. as That's our final panel, the drunken panel. We're encouraged yep. to drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I like that. Although I don't usually drink that much myself, but um, I think it's a nice touch. Um, so, hopefully we see you the next after that. Um, I'm back at regular cool. time. Yeah, and okay. uh, enjoy the conference. Enjoy all the conferences. Um, didn't get time to talk about the Icelandic conference I just went to, but that is beautiful. You should go there next year, next year, or just go to Iceland in general. It's a great place to go. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> mate. No, no. They just voted at eighty percent not to pay back the UK the eighty million that they owe us. So sod them. We should, <laughs> we should point big mirrors no, at them. No, just no, they, them. no, they. They do, just don't want to pay ten times the interest rate of what the interest rate in Europe actually is now. I think I think there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're moving into politics and it's way over time, so I think we have to take that up next uh, week. The week after that, have a great okay. week. See you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>